0: Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. It's been a lot of talk, of course, with the general election coming up, midterm elections coming up uh, next Tuesday. And uh, as I said earlier, I see more and more people complaining these days uh, that Christians of all sorts are becoming more and more active in political matters. And it produces a reaction. This happened back in the 1970s. Uh, it, It. it's just the way it is. If you, There will always be people who oppose um, committed Christians participating in the civil sphere. They're afraid. They're afraid of religion and politics. They've got misunderstandings of both. Let me point out, though, that Christians can um, both expect too much or too little from political activism or political involvement. So, for instance, we expect too much when we believe that civil government, rather than the church, is God's agent to demonstrate Christ's kingdom on earth. I saw uh, an article the other day from somebody who said uh, they were saying Christians ought to, quote, take back America. Uh, And as you read through the piece, the implication was that somehow America is God's uh, agent of redemption in the world today. Uh, No, that's not true. I mean, look, civil government's important, but it's the church that is God's agent in demonstrating Christ's kingdom, uh, bearing witness to Christ's kingdom on the earth today. So if you're expecting the civil government to do it, bear witness to Christ's kingdom, then you're really off base here. Uh, That's not the primary mode of God's involvement in the world. The, another thing, too, a misunderstanding, and that is that somehow the sacrament of ordination confers public policy expertise on our bishops or priests. Uh, not true. Uh, they are not ordained in order to guide your political uh, decisions. You're a citizen. You, that's how you come up with your political decisions. Uh, That's what it means to be a citizen in a country (laughs) that has free and fair elections, right? So I'm afraid sometimes politics has this sense of extravagant expectations that leads to false hopes, and yet throughout Scripture we see phrases like, don't put your trust in princes. Don't put your trust in mortal men who cannot save. Politicians promise, voters hope. But the promised change doesn't come frequently. So we should have a fairly um, modest expectation for what the law can do. It's important, but at the same time, it doesn't work redemption uh, in the earth. On the other hand, Christians can expect too little of political activism, uh, they can sabotage uh, by the very temporal goods that they want to preserve. I mean, you've heard people say, I don't vote. It only encourages the bums. Well, it's a funny laugh line, but if taken seriously, it ends up giving the bums the power to make us hopeless and hapless and finally helpless. In contrast, biblical people are to be salt and light in the world. Salt of the earth, light of the world, right? Jeremiah uh, chapter 29 the Jews are in exile. They're in, cap- they're in captivity in Babylon. And Jeremiah, who's left behind in Jerusalem, dispatches a letter to the Jews in uh, Babylon. And he says, Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to, the Lord for, uh, pray to the Lord for Babylon, because if it prospers, you will prosper. So even in captivity and under oppression, the Jews were to avoid cynicism They were to participate in the civic life of their captors while still living by God's word. In fact, the example of Daniel is held up as somebody who's living as a faithful member of the covenant people of God in exile. And in fact, he's in the administration of Nebuchadnezzar. So the goal of the Christian, of course, is the project for the Christian is to be conformed to the image of God's son. Our calling is the imitation of Christ. We don't um, we don't set that calling aside when we run for school board or when we go into the ballot box, when we blog or when we uh, you know argue politics. Uh, we're always called to be doing all things in pursuit of Christ's kingdom. Uh, so even as we elect our representatives, we are representing Christ. Okay. Perfect love casts out fear, St. John says, and perfect love casts out cynicism as well. So the cynic tells you, don't bother to do anything. Uh, you, you know, it's not going to help. Uh, the bums are going to win, anyways. That's not a Christian attitude. So activism is necessary. If you're a citizen, you want to be a faithful citizen. And still, you have some who would protest that religion and politics don't mix. And that's simply a, a cliche and it doesn't correspond to reality. There's absolutely no way that religion and politics uh, can't mix. (laughs) You can't talk about governing people unless you understand who people are. And that's a religious question. You know, the Catechism of the Catholic Church addresses this misunderstanding that religion and politics don't mix. Let me just quote from it. It's paragraph 2105 the duty of offering god genuine worship concerns man both individually and socially by constantly evangelizing men the church works towards enabling them to fuse excuse me to infuse the christian spirit into the mentality and mores the laws and the structures of the communities in which they live Christians are called to be the light of the world, and thus the church shows forth the kingship of Christ over all creation, and in particular, over human societies. So again, the idea that religion and politics don't mix is simply false. Uh, It is in direct violation of what uh, the church teaches. Catholics have to avoid sounding, however, like we're just one more interest group, right, to be Uh, polled and pandered to and and, uh, bought off. Our social obligation is to know and promote the common good, not just our personal good or our institutional good. Uh, We're supposed to be aware of Christ's universal concern. He died for all. And um, we know that God causes his reign to fall on the just and the unjust. So uh, Christians in politics, unfortunately, this is a big problem because so often it it appears, at least to the outlooking world, that Christians who get involved in civic life, political life are simply one more interest group, and we get written about that way. That's not how we see our own task. We see our task as as serving the common good. We're interested in what makes for human flourishing, not just for the advancement of some kind of agenda we have uh, you know for the church or our parish or whatever. So rallying our countrymen to the common good is is a good thing. Um, it can be made difficult, uh, especially in a nation which, in which many people have lost the sense of a common good, which is though we live in the time of the judges uh, with that uh, terrible phrase, uh, everyone does that which is right in his own eyes. So when you have a, a people that are so uh, individually minded that way, then you run the risk of losing uh, the common good. Uh, National problems are going to remain uh, unsolved. Uh, Competing interests are going to proliferate. Gridlock is going to continue. If we don't, again, take a much longer view of what our responsibility is as Christians here, I mean, I know the phrase common good can be like a wax nose that you can twist uh, any which way. But Pope John Paul II uh, tried to give some definition to it with his description of a, quote, civilization of love. Uh, Pope Benedict XVI Concurred, he called us to quote, carefully study the social doctrine of the church so that its principles may inspire and guide your actions in the world, so that you will be able to offer your contribution to the building up of the civilization of love. The horizon of love is truly boundless, it is the whole world, uh, end quote. Let's face it, we don't really ask that question. We'll talk about justice when it comes to politics, but we normally don't talk about love. And the Catholic The Catholic teaching emphasizes the importance of love as central to uh, our civic responsibilities, not merely justice, but love. And we, uh, as the baptized, are called to exercise uh, moral judgment, and uh, we have a long history of having confronted powerfully attractive but spiritually bankrupt political regimes and orders and political leaders. Uh, the Christian church, uh, and the Catholic church in particular, has been often countercultural. It offers a competing set of values, a competing worldview, a different story about why the world is here, what it's about, where it's going, what's wrong with this place. So as Catholics, we see the world as the ordered creation of a loving God, uh, it has been um, uh, broken by human sin. We believe that our fellow citizens are made in the image and likeness of God, that they possess intrinsic dignity and natural rights by virtue of their creation. Um, again, because of nature's sin, they've been broken in some way. We are not utopians. Uh, we understand the reality of the fall. Uh, We regard the world not as a chaos of undirected, blind, uh, purposeless forces in need of state power to impose order on them. No, despite the fallen character of the world and of human beings, we still live in a cosmos, a created order that uh, evidences natural law, laws of nature, a rational order, a moral order, in which the truths of the Creator can be discovered, they can be obeyed, and they can be shared. So, you know, this election coming up is a time for us to recognize uh, the responsibilities of our citizenship. The U.S. bishops have a document called um, Faithful Citizenship, in which they talk about abortion as the preeminent priority. And Proposal 3, of course, uh, is the popular referendum to make a right to abortion uh a constitutional right in the state of Michigan. Look, this is time to act, not just analyze. We can't let ignorance or indifference or intimidation or cynicism or bitterness or false humility or fear of complexity or some sort of super piety keep us from participating as citizens here. We have the opportunity to turn back a major attack on the dignity of the human person, And it's not just our vote that's important. It's those of our friends and relatives and co-workers. Let's get out and encourage people to vote.